Hello and welcome back or welcome to Physiosyncrasy. The topic of today's podcast is, are you satisfied as a physiotherapist? We discuss the broad factors that contribute to job satisfaction, the more specific factors that contribute to physiotherapy job satisfaction, and strategies that we can implement to improve our job satisfaction. Let's dive in. Are you satisfied with your work as a physiotherapist? If you could turn back time, would you study physiotherapy? Or would you recommend it for others to study? None of the respondents in a study answered yes to the questions above. So what about you? Are you satisfied? Let's start with what is job satisfaction? The dictionary definition says job satisfaction is a feeling of fulfillment or enjoyment that one derives from their job. In short, do we like the work that we do? Is it meaningful to us? What feeling do we have towards our job? Job satisfaction is about our work experience. True job satisfaction occurs over time. We're aiming for consistent contentment. So, what factors are at play? One particular study found that pay, healthy relationships with both patients and colleagues, and a supportive environment were important to job satisfaction. These factors aren't out of reach, but on a whole, we're not achieving them. Why is this? Before diving deeper into the physiotherapy profession, let's explore the variables that contribute to career contentment in general. The environment. Communication, or more more accurately, apologies, communication load is critical. Communication load is a combination of the quality of communication as well as the quantity of communication. Overload occurs when there are too many messages or when the message is overly complicated. Therefore, underload is the opposite of this. The communication between a superior and a subordinate is also vital. Mostly, this relates to the subordinate's perception of the supervisor's behavior. A subordinate won't be transparent if her boss is degrading or pompous. Of course, a strong relationship can never prosper in in such circumstances. Employee recognition. The focus of recognition should not be on rewards and incentives. These serve a purpose, but the emphasis should be on developing a connection between the employees and the company's culture. It's inevitable that people will excel and enjoy their work when they believe in what they're doing. That's why there is such great value in a thorough recruitment process. The individual. Unsurprisingly, people's moods and emotions contribute to workplace satisfaction. This is a challenge because most factors Most of these factors are out of the hands of the employer, but it needs careful attention regardless. For example, awareness of emotional dissonance. This is where someone expresses feelings that are different to what they're actually feeling, something most of us probably do most days. Often, this could mean an employee acting cheerfully when in reality they're feeling dreary. They may be doing this for their own sake or for their colleagues and clients. Personality traits. Those of us who have an internal locus of control, where we believe we're controlling of our life, often have positive work experiences more often than not. On the contrary, those who let life happen to them, an external locus of control, have worse work experiences. Psychological well-being. 
How well does a person manage their mental state? All life factors, such as family, work, and community, contribute here. That means it can be difficult, but not, not impossible, for someone to be satisfied with work when the rest of their life is falling apart. Employers and companies can feel out of their depth because they can only contribute to the work sector of a person's life. They might create the perfect environment, yet employers continue to grumble and leave because of dissatisfaction with the rest of their life. So, these environmental and individual variables are important for all occupations. This is a good starting point for us. Let's master workplace communication and improving our understanding of the individual before moving on to factors that are specific to our profession. Now it's time to talk about physiocentric factors. What do physios need to be happy? Salary is an important variable. Perhaps this is more of a cultural reflection rather than one that's specific to the professional. Personal growth and advancement is a common theme too. An important takeaway across the literature is that there is regional variation. We can take this to mean a few things. Australian physiotherapists probably value different things compared to physios in other parts of the world. Physiotherapists in the same workplace hold different values from one another. So, what does this mean? Let's nail the basics, like mastering workplace communication and relationships. Then, we need to make changes based on what Australian physiotherapists at large find important. This would be things like adjusting the university curriculum to include units on stress management and marketing. Finally, at a business level, let's place more focus on the individual. This starts with the recruitment process and continues throughout the entirety of employment. We must replace assumption, this is what I think they want, with open conversation about what the person actually wants at each part of her career. Then, let's match this as best we can with what we can provide. There's no question that we as physiotherapists will play an increasingly important role in the future. But if we're to provide a service that we're proud of, then we need to look inward. We need to fortify our profession by identifying the faults in our foundation, then shoring them up. Thanks for listening to another installment of Physiosyncrasy. Hit the like button if you've enjoyed this episode. Share the podcast if you think a friend or colleague would benefit from it. And leave a comment if you have feedback or suggestions. Stay tuned for more juicy content.